I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, money wise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcast. Baseball. America's game. It's about connection. And now, with Apple TV Plus, Friday Night Baseball comes home. Is this happening? It is. Friday Night Baseball, streaming on Apple TV Plus. Suicide is something that affects all of us, and we can all play a part in saving lives. Make a difference in your community by walking out of the darkness with us on Saturday, October 1st at Cypress Grove Park. Help spread awareness and understanding. Send the message that help is available and raise funds for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Find a walk near you at AFSP.org slash walksf Bay Area. Welcome to Inside the Monster with Steve Peralt and Joey Capone. Welcome to episode 54 of the official Red Sox podcast, Inside the Monster, presented by Odyssey with myself, Steve Peralt, and Joey Capone. The Red Sox took the series finale from the Minnesota Twinkies in Minnesota and keep their unofficially officially eliminated number at seven. Joey, how you doing? Uh, dude, this is the best day of my life. Thank you so much for asking. Currently ranked this number is the best, one. This is the best day of your life? I can't, this is number one? I can't think of one day that I've enjoyed better than this one. This is as good as it's ever going to get, I think. The birth of your son's not, not in the mix here at all? You know, a lot of people like to say that's the best day of your life, the day you become a parent. I don't yeah. know who that day is good for. I don't know who that day's that day's gotta suck. Again, I have an eleven year old, so like right. I, I don't know yeah. why I'm saying it like I don't have a kid, but like I mean, people will say it's like, oh, with the greatest day with the birth of my that actual day looks like it's a terrible, terrible day. It is for all parties involved. Obviously not as much for you. Well <laughs> dude, watch it. I got my hand squeezed like really, really hard. So uh, well, yeah. I'm sorry, I, I messed up there. My two bad. different my bad. doctors were like get out of our way we need to get in there i was like what multiple i was like that? i don't even get to do it i don't even get to be in there yeah it was wow. like a huge bummer for me uh yeah no i'm terrible man i'm i'm bad <laughs> i have nothing to look forward to let me tell you dude this is going to be a bummer i'm just going to jump right into it yeah 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 this felt like the first win where it didn't really matter yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. I know our unofficial official elimination number is still technically at seven. Oh, it's at seven. It's literally it at seven. It is literally yeah. technically, physiologically at seven. Shoot, man, transcendentally, it's at seven. That's seven, literally. Mm-hmm. I know I have said on this show that September 14th is the day that I will care up until. That if... You know how that Red Sox Yankees series goes at Fenway. That will dictate, you know, where the numbers are there. That's when I'll reassess. I've made all sorts of imaginary fake qualifiers and dates and, and whatever, but I can't lie that my gut said today after this win, I didn't feel anything. I I feel very accurate in my uh, statement that when that ball went down the line in Williamsport, that was it. Like I really, I really feel like that was, and I know you know we're just speaking from the heart here. And if if this was the moment for you, then that's totally fine. But yeah, once that ball off of Schreiber went down the line, there it was like, okay, all right, so much for uh, so much for this. And it really sucks for multiple reasons because I, I got a lot of numbers. We'll dive into some numbers here and looking at past Red Sox seasons heading into September and where this team was at. It's really eye-opening, honestly, when you go down the list, just the last 10 seasons. But it just feels like it was never meant to be. We've said it before. Um, 
even the last game of the series. I mean, Matty backpacks, you know, two guys on, no outs in the ninth inning here. Even though he's had a good stretch since coming back off the IL, do you feel good when he's on the mound? I want to. I'll say that. Yeah, I'm, I want I'm to there feel too. like the Barnes of yesteryear. Um, I think I know why he like yells when he gets out of situations or even just like has a dominant inning. Mm-hmm. I think there's some internal doubt, and I, I'm going to change the word some. I think there is a lot of internal doubt with Matty Backpacks, and there should be. Well, sure, yeah. I mean, the guy was named an all-star. He got the big contract, and it's just been you know downhill since then. And at least he's had a good little stretch here since coming off the IL for the most part. But he's still leaving guys on and, you know, creating some messes. And then a lot of times, because this Red Sox bullpen has to be number one. I would love to see the top five bullpens in baseball that allow inherited runners to score. Sox, I, I don't know who's g- given up more than this team. I think the every Sox series, are dude. like number two or three in just about every bullpen category. By two or three, I mean if you're in the worst from way. the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah they're they're top three in <laughs> bad no steve have you not been watching this is like one of the top three bullpens in the game are this we one of the watching? top three bad bullpens in baseball it really is and regardless of who you're dfa in or trimming from the roster calling up uh it just doesn't it doesn't really seem to no matter. you're not going to fix your your bullpen in worcester not no. not right and now. And I I know a lot of this is just preparing for next year and, and taking care of what do you got to do. But Michael Walker, dude, I, I know it's been a really tough stretch here for the Sox, but not for Michael Walker. He has just been incredible. And did you see the the energy oh, yeah. coming off the oh, mound yeah. there? Have you ever seen that from him? Uh, I don't even think I saw that after his complete game. One of his <laughs> no. two. Did he have two complete games? Am I... I believe he has he's two got, complete games. One was a complete game shutout, and one, one was like a no. Nah. He's got one. Are you sure? He's got one CG. I could have sworn he had two. What did he have? Like, what else did he have? He's got a game. He's got the nine inning job in uh, Anaheim, and then he had he had seven on what I think it was Sunday Night Baseball when we were there against the Yankees. Seven shutty. Yeah, in his return, I think he had two. He's got one. So, I mean, he has he has two minus one. That's probably what you that's thought. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot to subtract the one after I added the yeah. two. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. I, th- I don't even think then that he had that kind of energy. I, I was genuinely stunned to see it. Did not expect it at all. But he's given up, and it feels like this too, that he's given up two earned runs in 13. Two earned runs or fewer. And 13 of his 17 starts. That's like 77% of his starts. Mm-hmm. He's giving up two or fewer. Those are dominant, dominant, dominant starts. And he has a good amount here that are six innings or more. So it's not like he's like Rich Hill, four or five innings. He's going a little deeper. Now, obviously, in this day and age, if you go six or seven, you, those might as well be complete games, Joey, in your defense. If you're going through seven, I think that's the new, that's the NCG. That's the new complete game. Yeah, that's probably what going, it was. That's what I was thinking. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what you were thinking. A new complete game is going seven innings as a starter. But Michael Walk has just been that dude, man. He's been super reliable. The Red Sox are 13-4 and four when he starts games. I know you, you know what this number is at home, but that's a 124-win pace over the course of an entire season. So the clear issue with this team is, is that if the Red Sox had five Michael Walkers in the rotation, they'd be the best team in baseball right now. That's yeah. where Haim went wrong. He didn't clone Walker five I can't times. believe that he seriously started this season with one Michael Walker. Really dumb, doing, stupid, Heim? ignorant yeah. move we got to get Heim. him back on here, and that's our first question for him. That's our only and question. And then probably more Breaking Bad talk. Uh, <laughs> yeah. People seem to love that, so we're probably going to do more, more of that. Uh, let me tell you, man, not to be just like a total rain cloud this whole show, but I'm probably going to oh, be no. seeing even like a, a dominant performance like that. Dude, it's like I only see what could have been. You know, I see like, okay, you have like guys like Waka who are crazy overperforming. And then if everybody who every, this lineup just performed at what they were supposed to, just was average. And you had one more bullpen piece, maybe two more legitimate bullpen pieces. This team's real. It's just a matter this of team, these I slumps mean, and obviously injuries and guys just 
I don't know. This team really could have been something. When Trevor's story went down, what was it, July 12th? He got plunked in Tampa, something like that, sure. a few days before the All-Star break. Sox are 13 or went 13 and 24 in his absence. And since he's come back, he's hitting 466, had a great night in the finale, three for five. Really looks like himself. Like he, he looks like the guy that they expected to get. Obviously, no home runs yet since coming back, but it's been a handful of games. But I, it, it's, I hate doing the what could have been thing, but that's what I love doing. So it's, it's a classic what could have been team. It really is. Because if you have this rotation stay healthy, which is a big if, I think that's that it, we should honestly rank like the top three where it went wrongs <laughs> for this team. Mm-hmm. Feels like it's more of a September topic, but it is September. It's early September now. I, I got to put, ah, this is tough, actually. Doing this on the spot is a little tough. But that being your starting rotation, I think is number one. Yeah, I think that's the top thing. It's between that and not having enough bullpen arms. Uh, I think that's that's one and two. However you want to do it, and and bullpen arms that that involves not having an actual closer. So I probably have bullpen first, just because of how frustrating it is. Like you've specifically lost a lot of games because of the bullpen and the closer situation. Mm-hmm. So I'd go with that first, and then the rotation, the lack of the depth. Haim, I don't know what answer he even gave us, but he's he's a gem at that at, at giving you, and I've told him as much at giving you what you think is a great answer, but he didn't really say anything when when we asked him about, you know, how much you factor in that injuries are going to happen and that you're going to need extra guys that can legitimately fill in instead of all these rookie starts. Like, mm-hmm. it's... I got to find the stat. Find it, dude. I mean, kudos to you for not putting injuries at number one on your list. Be- well, injuries is... Uh, it's kind of the overarching thing, right? I, I think it's... I'm more saying uh, like, like roster construction. This, yeah, roster construction. Yeah, yeah. I'm more talking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, like you said, that having your rotation uh, fixed around a couple of older fellas, uh, a couple of guys who are injury prone. Uh, you know, building your rotation around Sale, Avaldi, and I guess Paxton, and then I mean even Waka and and Hill. Is that if that was your your five, is that the oldest rotation in baseball? Oh, big time! It's got to be. It's got to be. Has to be. Yeah, it, it's got to be. I mean, it makes Nick Pavetta look like he's a, a rookie when you put him up with those other guys. I mean, props to Pavetta for the amount of starts he's made. I think it's top five in the AL or the majors. But we're a big Nick Pavetta podcast. We love Nicky Smooches. But when he's the guy that's had to be like the stopper of these losing streaks, mm-hmm. I think that's a big problem. That That is a major issue that has come up over and over again. What would be your top thing, though? Your top issue? Put injuries aside. So you just want to talk in roster this, construction? Yeah, just roster as it's how it's played out with this roster throughout the course of the season. The number one hole is is what? While trying to avoid like, putting hindsight in there too much, I, th- I think it's the bullpen because I think he, that was even being talked about in spring. You know, is this yeah, really we, we the bullpen that, that they're going to yeah. tout out there? And, um, you know, God bless them. But, like, knowing guys like Sawamora and Brazier, uh, we're going to be out there. Brazier. Oh. I know. I know. Again, in God, this series, dude. like, what? I don't know if he knows somebody. I don't know what he's doing to not get DFA'd <laughs> along with those other folks. Does he have picks or something? I, it's I don't. Be a I don't know. Guy, a numbers thing. Like you just just keep him around. Who cares? But like, <sighs> I I have like held back on the Ryan Brazier hate for a while, and I, I've told you why. I saw people being mean to him on his Instagram, and that like really rubbed me the wrong way. People were like, people were commenting mean things to him on like pictures of him and his kids. And I was like, "That's yeah, don't that's crossing do that. the line. Yeah. Like, don't do that." That's and that made me hold back a lot. If it's pictures of him and his wife, like, go in. Oh my but god, the kids totally go. Not in. the kids, totally go in. <laughs> if it's him and his wife, my god, pick them apart, D- destroy them, but not the kids. Not the kids. This is about the kids. Keep the kids out. It of was this. literally a picture of him, his kid, and Santa Claus, and people were like, "Oh god, yeah." I swear to God. And the comments were like, "You're the worst picture I've ever seen." <laughs> like, I hope this kid grows up knowing his dad sucks. And I was like, oh, my God, you guys. Like, He's on Santa's lap. Yeah, like, can we, we dial doing? it back a little bit? 
So it, it's made me have this soft spot for him because like that sucks. Nobody should have to put up with that. That's that's terrible and that's too far. And like, by golly, do not do that. By golly, gosh darn it, dang nabbit. By golly, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. But at this point, Brian Brazier has proved he's not a major league pitcher anymore. Well, it's well not right. I mean, it's he had moments with the Red Sox, and I'm talking in past tense and intentionally. It's it's he's not going to do anything of relevance moving forward with this team. He's got a 15 ERA in his last 10 appearances, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's just the things that are driving me nuts for a guy that's been around for a while. People forget he was when he came back last year down with that that stretch at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. He was lights out. Ryan yeah. Brazier was like the most important guy in the bullpen. Weird. So with relievers, though, it's just so funky. Where Easy. I know, I know, I know. You just never know, right? It just seems like it comes and goes, and it's it's the 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 motion in the ocean. You never know what's going on mm-hmm. with the relievers, and I just you can never really put your finger on it. There's only a handful of guys the Red Sox have had that are non closers over the last like five years. We're like, oh, that guy's lights out. Mm-hmm. They just not those guys are the most. I think. In common is in common a word. Un, in common, uncommon, uncommon yeah. player in baseball is the consistent dominant reliever that's not a closer. I just don't. There's not many of them, and it shows in how much movement there is in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. How many guys you, you flip in and out? Not even just year by year, but d- during the course of the year. The stat I found the stat I was looking for, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, and I think this. I think TC gave a shout out to uh, Kelly. My girlfriend Elaine used to work with Kelly at Nesson. So shout out Kelly. Hey, she Kelly. got the stat. What up, Kelly? It's time to support your favorite MLB superstars and let your voice be heard with the 2024 MLB All Star Ballot presented by BuildSubmarines.com. Oh, what a shot! That's right. You get to help choose the starting lineups for the Midsummer Classic and decide who represents your team at the MLB All Star Game presented by Mastercard this summer in Arlington. He makes the play. So make your picks today at MLB.com slash vote. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Um, this comes in from Kelly. <laughs> no. uh, she found this stat that was Red Sox. And I wanted I wanted to see this. So I'm like, oh, nice. Someone found it. It's Red Sox rookie starters versus veteran starters this season. Oh, okay. So right. when rookies start, they are 6-16 six and 16 with a 6-3-7 ERA. Opponent average of 311. K per nine of 702, walk per nine of 330. Veteran starters for the Red Sox this year, 31 and 23. ERA, I don't care as much about the records necessarily because the bullpen will find a way to blow it either way. ERA, 395. So that's the biggest one to me. Opponent mm-hmm. average is 247. But the ERA difference between rookie starters and veteran starters this year is 637 mm-hmm. to 395. And yeah, and a lot of those guys should not have been put in those positions to have to do that. I mean, Josh Winkowski no, has pitched, what, 21 starts? Is that right? Twenty-one start. That that sounds very high. Um, I think it's. Right I don't think there. it's that high. Twenty-one starts. That it can't be that. I think it's thirteen. Check it. No way. Thirteen starts. Thirteen. Yeah. But okay. still, thirteen starts. Let me I tell mean, you how 13 much. Thirteen starts. Let me tell you how much Josh Winkowski has pitched for this team. When I watch these <laughs> games with my son, right? Uh, he yeah. he says the same thing to me every time we're watching. He goes, "Dada, who's pitching?" And I tell him who's pitching, right? And if it's yeah. not Wink. He turns to me and he goes, where'd Wink go? Where's Big Wink? <laughs> big Wink. Where's Big Wink? And I have to tell him he's not pitching today, man. But he's used to, he's like, oh, the Red Sox are on. That means Winkowski's pitching. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, much. it's it sums it up. I think the, the rotation is summed up by the amount of rookies that have had to go out there, by the reliance on older starters that should have never had that much weight on them going into the season. That made it sound like they're fat. <laughs> Never had that much expectation heading mm-hmm. into the year. And by the fact that when Michael Walker's on the mound, it's like we think our ace is on the bump. This guy at best should be the third, fourth starter yeah. on the team, and he's your go-to guy. I saw Stats put out a tweet. Or no, this was uh, our boy JP. Michael Walker this season. In April, 2-0 and with a 177. In May, one and one with a three ten. June three and zero with a three oh three ERA. July he just took the month off. He was chilling, probably went on a vacation or something. August three and zero with a two one nine ERA. So he's just been, he's been the guy. He's been uh, insanely reliable, and that's a huge part of what sucks, is that if you could have gotten this Michael Walker performance along with, God forbid, 
a somewhat healthy Chris Sale mm-hmm. and a somewhat healthy Nathan Avaldi and James Paxton and was alive. Yeah, I don't see. There's a good. There's a and I think Heim went into this season knowing this. There was a really good scenario that Paxton wasn't going to pitch this year, and they were still going to make the playoffs. It's not like they needed. Oh my God, we're going to be waiting for mm-hmm. James Paxton in August and September. It's just if Avaldi. See, that's the thing, though. And, and we probably would have said this in spring training, and we probably did say this in spring training, that Avaldi just coming off of the best year of his Red Sox career and fully healthy, made all, like all his starts. I don't know if he even missed a start. And for him to do, have to do that or be expected to do that two years in a row, I think was asking a lot. So mm-hmm. it, it's this Heim and company were banking on, similar to last year, a lot of things going the Sox way. They clearly have not, and it results in a team that's eight games back of a playoff spot yeah. heading into September. So I did the math out. If your yeah, starting rotation was Sale, Avaldi, Waka, Paxton, Hill, do you want to guess the average age of a Red Sox starter? Sale, Avaldi, Waka, Paxton, Hill. The average age? Mm-hmm. Um, 32. 34.2. 34. Oof. That's... I forgot how old Hill is. Yeah, Hill, Hill waits that average that a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He does kind of mess that up. But, I mean, their their ages are 33, 32, 33, 31, 42. So, 42. There we go. They're basically all, like, 32 and then 42. Yeah, but still, like, 32, 33 years old is, I mean, the average age of your starters. I mean, it's... it's it's tough. It's right up there with the bullpen as to reasons why this team is what it is. Because, I mean, you can't tout that uh, that rotation out in spring and be like, oh, yeah, this will work fine. I'm sure this will last the whole year. This will go well, especially with, you know, sales, recent history being what it is with injuries, with, like you said, Evaldi having, like, this great year, but also being injury-prone throughout his career. It's, it's right up there. It's right up there alongside the bullpen for why this team is what it is. I know. I mean, the the thing that sucks with the month of August, because it it clearly wasn't as bad as July. July was legendarily terrible for the Red Sox, one of the worst months in team history. July or August, rather, the rest, like the last three weeks, you could make an argument they should have only lost one of these series. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. that's that's what kind of sucks along the, the way of following this wild card race is that they lose two to the Braves. It's like, okay, I don't know. It's not looking great. They win that one game series against Baltimore. You then take two out of three against the Yankees. You should have swept the pirates. Mm -hmm. They really should have won that game in Williamsport. That would have been another series win against the Orioles, Mm -hmm. the blue Jays. I mean, obviously you're going to get swept by them. That's what they do every time to you. You win the series against the Rays game. One of this twin series was a pain in the ass. I mean, that was, they had endless opportunities. Mm -hmm. How many times during games like that, do you lose that game? where it's like second, third, fourth, fifth inning, you're leaving a guy on third, leaving a guy on second and third, leaving a guy on third. Leaving him loaded. And then all of a sudden, yeah, leaving him loaded, mm-hmm. and then all it takes is a couple mistakes and a bases clearing double, and you lose the game. That's literally mm-hmm. all that happened in game one. So No, you knew that was going to happen. I don't you know. knew that was going to happen. But, I mean, we've talked a lot about, like, or maybe not a lot about, but I mentioned last show, it's easy to picture seven wins that this team should have had, like seven losses that should have been wins. Like, you yeah, just went over the past few weeks and named three or four. So, I mean, you go all the way back to April, bro. Like, there are so many instances where, like, you know, there are probably 10 games, 12 games throughout the year that dumb mistakes lost you. And, uh, I don't know, it's it's frustrating. We, we've also talked about, dude, this team is five games under 500. If they were just playing 500 ball... They'd be two games out. Yeah, it's 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 annoying. I think the thing that frustrates me the most is that, Joey, I'm going to make it personal. Please do. You and I deserved better yeah. this year. We The amount of hours we've put into this program and into this show in year one, we deserve a September where they're at least in the hunt. It's all about us. Where they're at, at le- it's all Everything's about us. Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on, really? You're gonna leave us with this September? You're gonna do this and then to it's like, us? I'm a huge. You're gonna do this to us? And like, I'm a huge Pats fan, but like, God, sounds like it's gonna be the worst team in like a hundred <laughs> years. You're gonna you're gonna do this to us going into this Pats season? Ugh. Well, I'm, I know that you're really stoked about the bees. 
What do you think about about? Dude, I love puck. Yeah. What What do you think about about their chances this year, especially in their you division? Know super dude, that division so stacked. You know what I? I'm super excited about. What? Elaine got me a ticket to the Winter Classic. Get out of here. I'm so pumped. I was going to, I think I told you, I haven't asked for a single like ticket or anything this year. No, all to man. build up to like, I want to ask some Fenway people like, hey, if you, if you got some, let me know. Say if you got one. If you got one. And then one. just join us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, so, I'll do that. Uh, I wasn't going to go alone. You know what I mean? No, I yeah, know. But now. If you got one. I yeah. honestly, that's a good question that I just kind of, that popped in the old brain. What one sporting event would you be most okay going to by yourself? Like what? It, not like a specific game, just like what team and what sport? I'm kind of talking. I'm kind of talking specific oh. game. Like I, because I, I, I'm saying that to say that I would never really go to a sporting event by myself. I feel like that's a little weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain things by yourself, eating by yourself, movie by yourself, totally fine. I think movies I don't know. alone are game. Great. Yeah, movies alone are actually preferable most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Game though, I I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, going to a sporting event solo, I'm not really digging it. No, I, I'm trying to think of what it would even have to. It would have to be like um, some kind of crowd, like a um, I don't know. Super Bowl? Would you do that solo? Not really. No, I don't. No, I still think the NFL is better on TV. Oh, I think most people do. Yeah. yeah. So I I wouldn't really do that. Oh oh, uh, like a college game like college football like if you're in yeah. the student section or something if you can weasel yeah. your way into the student section i'd like to do that like an lsu football game that'd be cool okay so you're talking like real deal college football in my brain i was thinking like fake college football like boston college yeah no i mean like a you're real talking- college football game like jumping and chanting <laughs> and dancing like i that yeah. sounds fun yeah I was thinking of the school that that has had good teams and then plays in the whocares.com bowl. That's what I was thinking of. I got a notification on my phone from Twitter. I don't know who I was following to get this notification that it's like, hey, this week, UNH football kicks off their season. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm shutting notifications off and I'm blocking you. No <laughs> way do I need UNH football popping up on my, on my phone, dude. Let me tell you what I'm, I'm doing. I'm a busy man. Uh, we're- we are going to take a break. Got some eye-opening numbers about past Red Sox teams entering September versus this one, Joey. Mm. And other topics, Raffi, Xander, go down the list here. Story back, Bayo. I got some Bayo stuff from game one. All right, all right. Jerry Meals. Jerry Meals, you're going you gonna to get it, Jerry Meals. Let me tell you, buddy. Watch it. That's coming up next on Inside the Bus. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Dak Shepard. I'm joined by Minister Mouse, Monica Padman. Hi there. We have a really fun show we want you guys to join. Uh, We talk to celebrities and professors and lawyers and doctors and very smart, interesting people. And we find out how messy their lives have been, how many twists and turns it took to get to where they're at, and a general exploration on the messiness of being a human being. And of course, Monica's, you'll get updates about her. Building project, love life, (laughs) you name it. So if you want to join us, please follow Armchair Expert to get new episodes every Monday and Thursday. Plus, find your other favorite podcasts free on Spotify. Hey, it's Kenny Main. I'm the host of Hey Main. Gretchen, my wife, made that up. And then I added the Kenny Main Talks to Famous People podcast. So far, so good. I don't know, a couple months deep. By the time this runs, it'll be later than that. Chris Guest, go back and find him. Chris Berman, Ben Schwartz, Aubrey Plaza's coming. What do you want from us? Find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to episode 54 of Inside the Monster, the Darnell McDonald episode. Ooh. Uh, anybody else on that list jump out at you? Craig Breslow. I'm sorry. Are we? Are we? Are we looking at the same? It's episode fifty-six. Is it right or fifty-four? It's fifty-four. Oh, I mean, well, there is there is somebody that jumps out that is matters a lot to me, and that mm-hmm. I was able to see, and uh, we're I guess both able to see actually in yeah. L.A. Jeff Plimpton. Yep. Yep. 
I was able to see Keith Shepard in L.A. <laughs> for the <laughs> All-Star Game. No, Martin Perez, the Perez Day episode. We should get Martin on here, actually. What am I sure, doing? Why not? He seems like a good off-season ask. I think he'd yeah. want to chill. Let's get Martin on. Is Martin the Perez the best player to ever wear number 54? For the Red Sox? They're just yeah. like in any sport ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I think John Cena wore it in high school football, so um, kind of takes the cake there. Dude, that's a fair question. I think he is. I think he actually is. Roger Lafrancois. How do you say that? Lafrancois? Yeah. Lafrancois. Lafrancois. I made that up. I said it so confidently. I just yeah, pulled that out of my right. booty. You said booty talk. Booty talk. Back. Booty talk. <laughs> Euclide, Euclides Rojas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We're forgetting Dustin Richardson. Ah, there it is. Mm-hmm. Wow, 54's got some crappers, let me tell you. This list, <laughs> yeah. is, not, this list is not great. Colton man. Brewer, my God. Wow, talk about a name uh, I never would have remembered. Uh, yeah, it's Martin the Perez, Perez episode. Yeah. It's definitely the Perez episode. You said you had a question, though, to coming back from break here? Yeah. Watching the Twins, do you feel anything seeing Sandy Leon? I love Sandy. Mm-hmm. Love uh, the only active Hall of Famer there. I, I don't think... What do you mean? Do I see any? What do you mean? Do you feel anything? You know, not real, not really, because I don't mm-hmm. really. That's the thing. Sandy, isn't that weird? Yeah, it is a little weird. You should, well, right? Always, you should. You ever have players? I'm acting like you're like the owner of the Reds. You ever have players, players on your team? Yeah. No, it, players that are that play for your team, but they play like they're journeymen. Like they play like they uh-huh. are just stopping by for a cup of coffee and like you we all know they're gonna be gone. Mm-hmm. Sandy Leone, even though he was here, how many seasons was he here? He was here for a while, like four or five seasons, maybe. Yeah, I wanna say. I thought he was seasons. gonna be around longer just because he was tied to sale, you know. Yeah, true. I, I think he stuck around longer than expected, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had that year in twenty sixteen, he hit three ten for the Sox. My my. That was wild. But then he had three years. For the Red Sox, he hit in the ones. So yeah. um, I think that's why. The last two years, he hit 177 and 192. And it was just like, eh, okay, there, there goes Sandy. See you, Sandy. Yeah. But Sandy he, he was great. He was great. Got got to meet him a few years ago. I think that was in uh, 19. Really nice guy. And mm-hmm. he appreciated all the, the love we gave him on the Twitter sphere. And, yeah, I think Sandy's a, a great dude. I just don't – to your point, I don't feel like, oh, there goes our there guy. It's not like seeing Benny. No, Benny's weird. Benny, so in throwing that... Even uh, that I don't believe that, by the way. I'm saying for you. I don't feel that way about Benny anymore. No, I know. But the Benny stuff... Dude, I was looking back at some of the old photos that it, when we interviewed Billy Weiss. Mm-hmm. And the, a lot of Benny photos popped up. You almost forgot how much he mattered to that 2018 team. Not just stats-wise, because it was a good season. It wasn't like it was some legendary year. But obviously the catch. And, and just like the fan craze, specifically the female fan craze for Benny... Mm-hmm. is like i i don't want to be crazy here but it's kind of like brady level it it was it was insane people it was loved to jimmy g it was similar to jimmy g honestly yeah and then jimmy g had nothing. this, this following he, that was it, like, but, and the thing is he bang. <laughs> brock said it on our show <laughs> like he didn't do anything he just like had long hair and was handsome and was good at baseball and people were like yep but he I'm had in more, love with him he had more oomph he had more energy it just looking back at some of the highlights. I remember he had that walk off against the Yankees to to cap off the four game sweep there at the start of August, and the Sox just sailed from there on. I mean, they sailed the whole year, but AL East was over after that, and he's slamming the helmet down, and and Brock's out there, and they're having fun. Mm-hmm. I think Brock meant so much to Benny's personality. Like Brock was not just Brock's personality; he was also Benny's personality. Like yeah. I think he. He definitely made Benny seem cooler than he, than he really is. And the wind dance repeat thing made him cool. And that was also that, not right. his doing. That was But still, he Benny was doing the moonwalk in the outfield. Mm-hmm. To think that that was the same guy a few weeks ago at Fenway in a Yankees jersey and the hair cut off and just like ugh. It, I know. It's just it doesn't feel remotely similar. He looks shorter. It honestly looks like he you remember the Santa Claus too? Oh my God! Yeah, I watch it every night. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Santa I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. Where it's like, oh ho ho, and there's like the fake Santa <laughs> that is obviously the fake Santa. 
You know that scene where he's like, ho, 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 in the Santa no, Claus? That was, that, that was a terrible, yeah. that was terrible. But I love that. I'm I saying, that scene. like, when, when, like, there's a fake Santa. There's, like, they make, like, a fake right. version of Santa. Like, that's what, this Benny is, like, a fake Benny. This is not the real mm-hmm. guy. I, I don't, anyway, I, an did not mean to do a whole Benny segment there, Anyway, but. anyway, Sandy Leon, Sandy Leon, thanks for coming back. Yeah. Into in, in Minnesota. Shout out to Sandy. I, I want to go through some numbers real quick. So I was curious mm-hmm. before this game on Wednesday night, I wanted to see where the Red Sox were in the standings the last 10 years on September 1st. And the findings are interesting. So it's 2022 this year. Sox are eight games back of the last wild card spot. And even though there's an added wild card spot, I know typically this number wouldn't really line up with the other years. It, it's basically the same. I think the Jays are only a game behind the Mariners for. What would have been the second wild card spot in any other year? I mean, it, it is this year too. But what would have been the last wild card spot? So, this number doesn't really change uh, compared to the other ones. Uh, twenty twenty one, last year, Red Sox were in the second wild card spot, had a one game lead on the A's. They had seventy five wins. So, where's this team at, by the way? Is this team sixty three? Sixty three and sixty eight. Yeah, through one. Okay, Sox are at sixty three now. Twenty twenty, it wasn't this bad. There were seven games out of the last playoff spot in twenty twenty. How about that, Joey? Yeah, how about it? How about that? Now, obviously, some of you listening are probably like, but Steve, there were eight teams that made it in the AL. You're, you're right. There were eight teams that made it. So it's a little it's a little misleading. They were 12 and 23 at that point on September 1st. Um, man, that was that was a doozy of a couple of months. But so yeah, fun. still, they were less games out of a playoff spot on September 1st than this, this team is. 2019. Five games back, the last wild card spot. The A's and the then Indians were uh, in the last wild card spot, tied there. They had 73 wins in 2019 wow. on September 1st. That's interesting. That, Ten more wins. Doesn't feel like it looking back nope. at that team. Nope. Well, because 20, we were expecting 2018 part two. No, I know. In 2018, I honestly thought this number was going to be higher. Red Sox, seven and a half games up on the Yankees in the AL East, mm. 94 and 43. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was going to be higher than that? No, I thought the lead was going to be higher. Oh, like than seven and a half. But you're free. I mean, they the came into September with 118 wins. Yeah, they they <laughs> an unprecedented 130 wins on September 1st. But 94. I mean, that the record doesn't even make sense. 94 and 43. Yeah, that is. Wait, who has the best record in baseball right now? So the, the Dodgers, Dodgers just hit 90 yesterday. Okay. Best record in baseball is 90 and 39. But the fact that they're still in the 30s and losses is silly. Mm-hmm. And they kind of had a downstretch at some point in the year, too. But anyway, uh, 2017, Red Sox four and a half games up on the Yankees in the AL East. They had 76 wins. 2016, Sox were the top wildcard team with a two-game lead on the Orioles and Tigers. They had 74 wins. You go down the list here. 2015, Sox seven and a half games back at the last wildcard spot. That's still not as bad as this year. 2014 is where you finally get one. 2014. Red Sox were 14 games back of the last wild card spot with a record of 60 and 76. So this is wow. the worst September 1st since 2014. You know what year Feels like it is too. not uh you know what year is is better than than this one as well? Better? Is better than this one? Most of them. Most of them. 1996 included. Oh, three games up, huh? Three games up through 131. They were 66 and 65. Or if you want to do your entering September thing, they were 69 and 67. Okay, winning record. So, but one one big takeaway here: Sox and well, in 13, I'll finish the list off for the last 10 seasons. 2013 was 10 seasons ago. They were four and a half games up on the Rays. My in bad. The I thought AL you, East. Thought you were done. No, I, I thought I was done too. Uh, but anyway, the the <clears> the point is. In the last 10 seasons, the Red Sox have only been further back of the last playoff spot once than they are right now. And that was 2014. So the 2020 team was even closer. 2012, they were 12 games back. That team, though, 62 wins entering September 1st. That team only had one less win than this team entering September. So it kind of gives you a little... Well, they had probably played more. What's their full record? 62 and 71. Yeah. So they had played a few more games. Two more games. <laughs> yeah, they hadn't played that much more, right? Two so more games, so never mind. It is what it is. But uh, yeah. I just it's just tough, man. It's tough. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's really setting in, dude. This series really did it. This is the one. And I think it. we say that every series, but like this one, this one killed all of the hope. Because hey, I mean, we got a month left. We got a month left. You got huh? thirty-one games left to not lose seven. So what is that math? Twenty-four and seven. Thirty-one games. They gotta. They can lose six. So what? They can go twenty-five and six. Twenty-five. They go twenty-five and six. And six they're in the playoffs. So that that's really where you gotta just. That's like eerily at. close to what they did in June. It is. It actually is very similar. Yeah. It's very similar. So if they just have their run their June back, then hey, that first series in October. <laughs> all they got to do is run back like there? the best month in Red Sox history. <laughs> and, and then everything's going to be all right. Yeah. Then they play. Oh, oh, forget about it. End of September, it's at the Blue Jays. Uh oh. Uh oh. Got to save a couple losses for that game. That's it. They close the year with four against the Yankees, Mm -hmm. where Judge very well might tie Maris against the Red Sox in late September, which that would be a little tough. Dude, Brazier start. Just do it. Do it for history's sake. Four against the Yankees, four against the Orioles, three against the Jays, and three against the Rays. But the thing in the Sox benefit is that they've just lost a ton to all of those teams all year. That's true. That's true. Got it out of so, their system. They're due. Um, yeah. I like that. Is everybody doing that, that they end the season playing uh, every, everyone in the division? I think a lot of teams are. There. I mean, the NL Central, I don't know if any other, I think in the West, too, they're doing like six gamers Oh, I get to end the season. I, I think like the Dodgers, that. the Cardinals, there's a good handful of teams that have a six-game series at home or on the road to end the year. It's a little nuts. That's I thought we were cool. only going up to five this year. Six is a little crazy. Getting all the way through the rotation is pretty cool. Yeah. Really learn each other a little bit, and that sets up for some cool playoff matchups. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. No, I, I I don't hate it. I like baseball things I haven't seen before. Uh, Rafi Devers just finished the worst month of his life. That was stunning to see. Stunning to see, Joey. He yeah. had never hit worse than, I believe, 212 in a month. He had a couple in 2018. I think that was – is that technically his rookie year or is it 2017? Uh, 17 because he came up in 16, right? No, he came – No, he came up, came in, up 17. in 17. So I'm going to guess 18 was still his rookie year. Here, this And wicked... even if it wasn't, I'm just going to call it his rookie year. Yeah, here's a wicked quick check. Um, he lost his rookie status in 2017. Oh, okay. I knew my tweet was technically wrong. If I ever have a typo or a stat that's wrong, I just delete it. I think i got to delete that now. I think I got to delete it. Get it out of there. This was a false stat. I look at 2018 as his actual rookie year, mm-hmm. but if it's not literally his rookie year, then yeah, we're deleting it. Boom, gone. <laughs> yeah, he came um, up in July, July 25th. Yeah, I remember seeing one of his best moments in New York, the homer off of Chapman. It was the birth of uh, Josie McFly. But yeah, anyway, Rafi hit 163 this August. He just finished off a month hitting 163. I did not think that was physically possible for Rafael Devers to do. And he played the whole month, really. He didn't miss mm-hmm. uh, much of any time, I don't believe. And it's like, I, I just, I don't know what's mm-hmm. up. He looks insanely pissed off. Some of the people reply that to me, oh, he's just checked out. He's not checked out, you dopes. Yeah, I mean, what are we doing? Rafael Devers is never going to be checked out. He's an all-time competitor, all-time ball player. And for any of the crowd that's like, oh, he's not going to be here in two years, if you're of that mindset, which I, I don't agree with, but if you have that mindset, he'd be doing everything in his power to improve his status going into uh, uh, you know, last year, right. last right. contract. Like what, like, what are you talking about? It so does, it just doesn't... There's no logic. Nothing makes there's no logic. There's no logic there. It doesn't make any sense. Um, no. Him forgetting how many outs there yeah. were was eye-opening. That I've was never weird. seen him do that before, ever. No. So he's just not right. I don't know. It's weird yeah. to see. It just doesn't – his slumps, we've talked about it before, are normally like four games. <laughs> like they're not an entire month. So it's hard to justify what you're seeing out there. Today, to get last night, Wednesday night, game three of this yeah. series. Thursday. It is Thursday now. It's, it is. It's September. Happy September, Happy Joey. September to you, brother. Um, nice. When Rafi – you know what I'm talking about when he had his third strikeout mm. and like basically like took a knee at the plate. Yeah. And like they went to commercial like on this like slow zoom on Rafi just beating himself up. We'll be yeah. right back with more Red Sox baseball. <laughs> like, yeah, this is good. Perfect. Thanks. Yeah, this that works. Good. That works. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, it's he was like screaming at himself in this series after at bats. I don't think oh, I've yeah. ever seen him that like slamming the helmet, slamming the bat, mm-hmm. saying a lot of curses, I would believe in Spanish. Uh, but mm-hmm. it was 
I don't know. It's just weird to see. I know I'd floated it out a couple episodes ago, but I'm kind of going to disagree with myself now because I just love Rafi so much. I wouldn't want that to be the last we see of him until spring training. But if he's really not right, and obviously we know what the standings are, I don't I don't if know he's why not, you had, I mean, if he's fighting through something, is that what you mean by he's not right? Like there's something up? That's what I'm, no, that's what I'm yeah. saying. If he's if Because he doesn't look like, on the bases, he doesn't look right. Like when he does actually get on, he's moving weird. So I, I don't. I mean, look, there's nothing to fight for anymore. There's not. Sorry. No, there's not. So if you there's throw, no need. If you're fighting body. through something, man, like by all means, take a seat. I know you're listening, Rafi. Take a seat, brother. <laughs> if, you, if you're not feeling yourself, my God, dude, do not aggravate something. Yeah. Throw your boy Bobby at third and you know who should play first. Byron Buxton. I don't know. Byron Buxton. Tristan Cassis should play. Tristan Cassis. Tomorrow's the day. Today's the day if you're listening to this Thursday morning. Today's the day. There's Two no call-ups. chance you could be listening to this Wednesday because we are still recording and it's th- it's Thursday. I'm going to get this date and calendar thing down, dude. One I of these know. days, I promise you. You'll get it. You'll Two get call-ups it. tomorrow. Explain to me how this works. Two oh, call-ups. I'm the wrong guy. <laughs> so the roster expands. As far as I understand, the roster expands by two folks. You can call up two guys, but does it have to be on the first end of story? If you don't call if, up two guys? If it has to do with like roster call-ups or anything involving minor league people, mm-hmm. every listener now knows not to come to me. They, they know I'm not the guy. I, I am not your mm-hmm. prospects guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with it. I think we need to admit where we're just not suited for something, and I'm just not the prospects guy. Stats, on the other hand, is the, is the prospects guy. If we could get stats on this show using like a a voice modifier, would you be interested in that? Um, no. I I, I continue to want stats to be exactly what he is. Okay. I don't want to risk my view, my perception of him changing at all. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I'll tell him you said that. I'm sure he's listening. Yeah. So, he does listen. What's up, so Seth? What do you think? What do you think happens? You think Cassis gets the call today? I do, yeah. Thursday? What, what, did, what did Cora say? What did Cora say? He said, like, it's there's a chance. But he also <laughs> yeah. said last week that he hadn't heard anything about Cassis. So who knows how much Cora's being kept in the loop here? Doesn't sound Let's like see. a lot. Let's see. Cora told MFM. There's a chance Tristan Cassis is called up from AAA in September. See, I don't love that. Mm-hmm. In September, if you're going to call Tristan Cassis up, just call him up now. Like I, I don't, I don't understand what the holdup is. Bobby is begging to go down. The fact that whoever took Dahlbeck staying at the MLB level all year is just a genius. Hey, <laughs> Joey brother, Capone. bear me. I, had I can't that. believe this has been a struggle watching Bob. But the Sox, Sox fans have been through a lot this year. We deserve a month of Cassis at Fenway. Let's just do it. I also do don't it. think Bob gets sent down. I don't think that's – I mean, for one thing, like I said, I think the roster expands by, by two bodies, so I don't think anybody has to go. I don't think there's a counter move. Imagine but, like the one time they don't have to send someone down. Like, Bob, you're going down. This yeah. has been so bad. You got to go. You just got to go. Get out of here, man. Get out of here. Bob and Franchi. Uh, no, but I, I would say Franchi here. would probably be the one. Even like get rid of some recency bias that he's had some bombs. Like hey, he's had some bombs. Sure, but I still think that he's the one who goes down. Hey, he's had some bombs. He has had some bombs. I'm not disputing that. He's had some bombs. Last thing for me with this series, I am all aboard the Brian Bayo train. Sometimes you have to see to believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Santa, you don't. But with Brian Bayo, I did. And I don't know. It it just took a few games and just seeing that change up just fall off the face of the earth and his sinker and his change up move the exact same way but they have a 10 mile an hour difference in speed he is just he's just got the makings of the guy he's got mm-hmm. Bayo's got uh as the kids are saying I'm him energy and I really 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 hope it ends up being that like we would we're really in for a treat and we deserve it. I, again, this whole show is about, about what us. you and I deserve. It's all about us. We deserve a really good Brian Bayo that's got swag. Also, screw you, Jerry Meals. What a <laughs> terrible performance. 
What an awful... The umpire of game one was one of the most embarrassing performances I've seen in years. Terrible calls. Just missing balls and strikes all over the place. Mm-hmm. Going up to tell... I don't even know what he was telling Bayo. He has to set more or whatever. He had to wipe off the rosin or something. It, it felt... He was treating... So I, I think people kind of misinterpreted what my tweet meant. And I could see how it could be looked at multiple ways. But I said that Meals was treating Bayo like a rookie, which is garbage. Mm-hmm. And it, everyone's like, what? They were like, five, isn't he a rookie? It's like, ah, no, all right, this isn't the point. No, the, the point is like, he's getting like almost rookie hazed by like an ump when he should be just treated like an MLB pitcher. He's made it to the big leagues. He's He's got swag. He's got stuff. Treat him like he's any other guy in this Red Sox rotation. Right. And right. Meals was not doing that. He was treating him like the little kid. Mm-hmm. And I hated that. I thought that was cheap. And, um, yeah, just an awful performance. And it was it, like you could see it on Cora's face. He's, he looked over a few times like, what are we doing? Eck, Eck was great. I, I, I got to have that. Where is that? Where is that? My goodness. Oh, that is paint. He was, just, he was classic Eck in game one. Well, the whole series. I mean, he's incredible. But, yeah, Bayo, mm-hmm. I just, you know, he didn't have it in his last inning there, obviously. Couldn't throw a strike, but. He's got some stuff to clean up, but I, I just love I love the ingredients. I love the Bayo ingredients. It really is a peek to what this kid's future could be, and I'm excited. As in my man, dude, I'm trying to find the ump scorecard for the other night. I don't think it showed up as bad. See, mm. I feel like half the time these don't show up well, as bad as you expect them to. I think his would because he did he did something that not a lot of umps do these days, he and sucked. that. And that is suck. No, a no. lot of umps do that these days. Yeah. No, he was calling, uh, you know, strikes on the plate balls. That usually doesn't happen. It's yeah. usually the other way around. Uh, you know, you, you you call a wide strike, a high strike. But he had a few that were like balls that were like off the black, like m- low middle. Like there, there was, Bayo had one where he did his little twirl. Like going to the dugout, mm-hmm. that was almost right down the middle of the plate. Like it, it barely missed being like a perfect pitch. But here's the killer, Joey, and this is another thing he's gonna have to work on. Is that he did he did the twirl mm-hmm. for a pitch that was way outside. Mm-hmm. He, he did the go to the dugout twirl. I think Leon was up and he didn't love that. <laughs> and it's like, dude, no, 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 don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah, Sandy, like Sandy if, was not pleased. He was not pleased. If you're doing the twirl, like you, it better be obvious. And I'll mm-hmm. give him a pass on the first one because it definitely should have been called a strike. But the mm-hmm. second one, I was like, "Oh, come on now, hey, come on now, <laughs> come on now, come on." I come just, on now, I just sent you the uh, the ump scorecard. Look at the left half of this plate. Oh, it's terrible. That's insane. Oof. Yeah, and then there's those three down there. Those those three called balls. I don't know. See, here's here's a question I have for you, Joey, because I know yeah. the robo umps thing comes up like every night. Mm-hmm. Something, listeners, Joey, everybody, everybody involved here, mm-hmm. ask yourself this question: What is the strike zone? I think like we've gotten so used to what they show on the broadcast, mm-hmm. I think we've forgotten that the strike zone is still kind of a judgmental thing. Like uh, I think by I think by the books there's like a hard definition. I think it's what I think I'm it's sure ha- there's I'm sure there's a hard definition, but it never that box doesn't seem to change is what I'm saying. Right, right, right. It does with um Altuve. I want to say it's game day. Yeah, with Altuve. <laughs> He's very short. And Aaron Judge is very tall. You should it's see big. them stand next to each other. I what know. A it's a wild photo. Have you ever seen Put it? Put it on oh Instagram. Because they these oh. wait, these guys, what? They're like different sizes, but like produce a lot of hits. One big, one small. Can you believe that? Uh, no, it changes on. Uh, I think it's game the game cast, like the 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 MLB game day. I, I think does does change it. I th- I'm pretty sure here. Correct me if I'm wrong, anybody who's listening. I'm pretty sure the books says it's halfway between the belt and the and the letters. Is yeah. where the top is, and the bottom's just knees, and it's just the edge of the plate. Right there we go. Uh, I guess. I, yeah. The, no. The, I mean, the sides are boom, easy. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. But I'm saying. But I, it's the top. It's the top. That's really the question, right? Because it used yes. to be used to be letters. Now I'm pretty sure it's between belt and letters, like halfway between that. But it's basically your navel, your belly yeah. button, belly button to left nip. I I just I don't understand 
it's I don't know. I, I just think that's something that doesn't get factored in enough for what we're seeing on the broadcast. Is that really adjusting every single player that's up? I don't believe it does. Okay, no, I got sorry, I, I messed up. It is the midpoint between a batter's shoulders and the top of his pants. Okay, so. But then here's call another that thing, belly Joey, button. With that, belly it's button. like guys move. You know, it's not like they're just mm-hmm. standing there like a, a statue. Like there's a lot of I don't know. The strike zone is such a non-exact thing, mm-hmm. but it gets treated like an exact thing, and that's something that kind of kills me a little bit and doesn't get brought up enough. But yeah, speaking um, of strike zone, yeah, you know who we don't talk about on this show anymore? Who we used to all the time? Who's that? Wally. Garrett Whitlock. Yeah, shouts to Whitlock. Well, he wasn't he wasn't great on Wednesday. Well, sure. Well, sure. Well, I have some numbers from before Wednesday. Yeah, give me some before <laughs> Wednesday numbers. <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like he really, like, the Whitlock talk died out, and I wanted to bring up some numbers here, so I wrote this before he even came into the game. Um, since his return in mid-July, before tonight, last night, before his return last night, Garrett Whitlock had a 1.59 ERA and a 141 batting average against. He allowed just one homer and had struck out 23 in 22 innings. It's crazy. Points a little moot because Wednesday wasn't great. Wednesday was there. You go. Wednesday was not great. Is nope. this the first time he's given up three earned in an outing out of the bullpen? I think it is. That is something. So, yeah, before Wednesday, this guy couldn't be touched. And then Wednesday, just to keep you on your toes, he gave up four hits, three earned, and walked the guy. But he did have three Ks. So, there you go. Half his outs were strikeouts. But... Uh, and you, you get a pass. That's the thing. Whitlock, it's it's like we talked about earlier in, in this show, not this exact one, but this season, where it's kind of like players should get like three skip days for the media. Mm-hmm. If you're Garrett Whitlock and you've been that dominant, you get a couple skip days. Wednesday sure. was a skip day. He's like, eh, I don't Nail know. It in, brother. You you it. He almost got killed, too. This guy almost got killed. That's true. By a liner that like literally like could have killed him. I, I think that's something that doesn't get like... I'm going to say mentioned. Why don't people talk about this? You could absolutely die as a pitcher out there. Absolutely. Guy did. Guy did die. Who? Um, I want to say it was the 70s, but it might have been before that. All right. Let's um, have a moment of silence for that guy. Do you want to figure out his name or do you want to just... Yeah, let's figure out his name. All right, yeah. So we know who exactly... Ray Chapman was hit in the head by a pitch thrown by pitcher Carl Mays. Oh, it was a pitch. What? It was a pitch. Nineteen twenty. I'm, I'm talking about pitchers. Talking about pitchers. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a comebacker, but I was wrong. It's a pitch to hit him in the dome. Pitcher ever <laughs> like died? We're still not going to do the moment of silence. It's like no, we should probably still do this moment of silence. Um. What? No, I guess not. I guess not. Some fractured skulls. A coma. Didn't die. That's it. That's kind of a bummer. <laughs> That's kind of a bummer. No one's died by getting what? hit by a liner. Never mind. I believe there was, I think there was like a third base coach like seven, eight years ago. I don't even know what we're talking about. But my point being, it's, you can, you can definitely die out there 100%, yeah. which is scary. I'm glad, Whitlock, I'm glad they don't often. You know? I'm super pumped that they don't die out there. I, Whitlock, like that was scary. They showed the replay of that and he like, oof, that just kind of gave you the chills a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I, that was not what you want to see. Um, But yeah, I think that was uh, all I got. You got anything else for this series? I don't think so. Uh, I do not. Yeah, that will do it. Yeah. Uh, one more break for us, though, and then we got closing thoughts coming up next on episode 54 the Martin Perez episode of Inside the Monster. We are back on ITM. Joey, you want to go first or second for closing thoughts? I'll go second, dude. Nice. All right. I watched a tennis match on Wednesday night, and I can't remember the last time I done did that. I normally watch the final. I'll watch like a Nadal or back in the day like a Federer or even like a Pete Sampras really back in the day, you know? But Serena Williams, I think, essentially announced her retirement. I don't know if it was one of those, like, stepping away type of... I I think she's retiring. It's Mm -hmm. at least getting treated like that. And I got to say, I've never been a huge Serena fan. 
I think she's she can be a hard one to root for sometimes, but uh, I mean, she's obviously a legend, and I just love when this happens. It's very rare. These don't happen that often where you get the athlete that's been a goat mm-hmm. and that at the very end of the road can still do it, like can mm-hmm. still – like the Tiger Masters in 19 was wild. Like that was a classic. Like everyone's rooting for him. Everyone's watching. Uh, his ex-wife probably wasn't rooting for him. But like everybody everybody but that. Mm-hmm. And you get this situation. I mean, obviously Kobe's last game, that was wild watching that one. And then now Serena, and it's a you know U.S. Open in New York. A lot of fun things happening in Queens, man. That's they're literally right next to City Field, and where they do the U.S. Open was Arthur Ashe Stadium or whatever. Uh, no is right next to each other when you get off the train. Fun fact: I'm sure a lot of people already knew, but but you know with the trumpets and everything Wednesday night with mm-hmm. Diaz coming in, you have you had what Timmy trumpets was actually doing the ba ba ba. So that goes down. That sounds like a nickname you would have come up with, by the way, Timmy Trumpets. I know. No, 100%. But across the street, Serena's beating the number two ranked player in the world, Annette Conteve. Mm-hmm. I think I got that right. And it's just crazy to watch, man. It's crazy to watch someone that's like, she's been toast for a little bit here and now has won two matches at the U.S. Open. And I don't have much to add other than, like, I love when this happens because it so rarely happens. The only one that I hated was Peyton Manning <laughs> at the end of yeah. the career. Yeah. Guy couldn't throw a ball more than three yards, and he goes out on top of the Super Bowl against Cam Newton, who was afraid to dive after a fumble. So um, it's cool to watch. I just I just enjoy watching legends from their sport go out with the bang or mm-hmm. at least have, well, you know, they still got some fight left in them. And then, I mean, Tiger was there. You had a lot of a lot of famous folks were at the uh, the old matchy dues, and I'm sure just more will be there as it gets into the weekend, and it's you know New York crowd and all that. So that was cool to see. Wait, so she won? So is it done? Like she won the whole thing? Oh no! See, this is the thing about the U.S. Open and these so she's tennis not tournaments. Done. Her, te- her her career is oh, not done yet. Oh no, Joe. Okay. Uh, this is the thing about the U.S. Open and these tennis tournaments. Mm-hmm. There's like a million players in these tournaments. So I, I think I looked it up. I think you have to win eight matches to win the tournament. Like okay. this is just when you when it's is this game one? The, this is two. She's won two. What are we so celebrating? Because she wasn't even expected to win either of these, okay. and she just knocked right. out the number two ranked player in the world. Serena's unranked. Oh wow. Okay. Like Serena okay. hasn't won at a high level in a long time. Like mm-hmm. it's been a while. So it's more. I know when you hear her name, you think, oh, she just wins all the time. But like I think it's been a while. When's the I got it? When's the last? Yeah, I just assumed she was still like a top five ranked player in the world. Because I mean, I'm still living in 2012. No, I know. She is not she is not ranked. The last Grand Slam she won was uh five years ago. It's been five years since she's won the Aussie Open, French Open, Wimbledon, or the US Open. So it's been a while. Um so yeah, for her to be, you know, beat the number two ranked player in the world was pretty wild and that was just cool to see. So well, back to you con- con- in the booth. Congratulations, Serena, on an incredible career that is not over. Yet. Until it's over. Till it's over. Let's see you beat the number one ranked player in the world. Maybe then I'll have some hype for you. Yeah, right. Um, I got a little recommendation for folks. Yeah, what do you got? If you are looking for an end of summer thing to do, and you're like, what would be a fun thing to get all my friends together? Like, I don't want to do, like, uh, Labor Day, everybody already has plans, right? But you want, like, a, a, a last summer hoorah, right? My God, do I have an idea for you. Because I went to one of these... And it was great. Okay. Listen, Steve, you're not a you're not a live music guy. I know this. No, I hate it. Right. But like, you certainly know somebody in a band, right? No. What is? What do you mean? I know someone that's in a band. Yeah. Like that performs. I don't that know. Has I a do. band? No. No, I don't think so. No. I'm not a band guy. A, I'm not a live music guy. I'm anti all that. Do you don't have a friend who has a friend who has a band? Yes. Yeah, I have that. There we go. Thank you so much for facilitating the story. Uh, listen, well, t- call that friend, right? Text that friend. Have your friend text that friend. Put on a music festival in your backyard. I went to one this weekend, this past weekend. Unbelievable, dude. Great time. I know you're not a live music guy. Steve, you wouldn't have had a great time, but I think no. you would have because they were a lot of them were like older bands that were like just playing covers 
And it yeah. was just, it was basically just like a cookout where there's like, there's a campfire and people are, are drinking and whatever and hanging out. Starts in the afternoon, goes late into the night. And uh, uh, people tent and camp in the backyard. And then the next day, more music. Wow. And just keep it, keep it going. So shout out to Greg for putting on Greg's stock. And um, as it was really called, he had T-shirts and everything. That's what it was called, Greg Stock. Greg Stock, yeah. So shout out, Greg. Uh, I would highly recommend it, dude. Get your friends together, play some music, have a campfire, and whatever. Summer's coming to a close. It's September. I know. It's. I'm telling you, end of August sucks because you just know what's around the corner. Robert Frost, dude. Robert it's Frost. Tough. Robert Frost has that poem. Oh yeah, I know that. What is? It? I think it's called "End of August." Yeah. Why else would I have thought of it? I don't know. I think I think there's a beautiful way to go out of August here, Steve. Well, we can't play songs on the show. Robert Frost is a poet. He's like arguably the most famous poet of all time. I've heard the name before. <laughs> Do you think I'm into poetry? Do I seem like a guy that's like, I love me some poetry? No, but I'm not into classical music, but I know who Mozart is. Yeah, same. <laughs> oh, I totally heard him. <laughs> I know Mozart, dude. Mozart's, um, what's whatever, Mozart's I can't find best? it. I thought he wrote something about it. What's I think the it best was song lie. that Mozart ever did? <laughs> what's his best jam? I think, I think Mozart's you, first name is Wolfgang. Yeah, how badass, huh? We need to bring back that name. So you're going to be like, we got to bring him on the show. We're going to have Mozart on here. Bring back that name, Wolfgang. You just thought of a badass animal and a badass way to group them together? That's crazy. Tiger gang. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I didn't have something gang. cooler than gang. All right. I think that'll do it, Joey. I think yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah that's no. it. That will do it for episode 54 of Inside the Monster. We got a cool interview coming up. Tomorrow, I believe. Coming up Friday, I believe. And if not, then early next week. But that'll be a fun one. And oh, we yeah. are also going to preview this Rangers Red Sox series at Fenway Park. But until then, for Joey Capone, I'm Steve Peralt. Go Sox Kid. Inside the Monster is a production of Odyssey in partnership with the Boston Red Sox. The show is produced by me, Steve Peralt. Our executive producer is Lena Glazer, mixing and video editing by Joey Capone. Special thanks to the Red Sox and Major League Baseball for their contributions to the production of this podcast. London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.